I'm your host, Samaita Graver, and I want to welcome you to Truth, Salt, and Spice, the podcast where you will find conversations steeped in biblical truths, sprinkled with salt, and a dash of spice thrown in, you know, for good measure. Hello friends, I wanted to come on here quick before this episode starts to give you a little background. I recorded this episode back in November of 2018 and full disclosure, I had a hard time with it because for some reason it just kept cutting off. It wasn't even a bad connection. And so we ended up with like five segments and I had to trim the beginning and the end of each one. And at that moment in time, I just found the whole process overwhelming. And so I just let it sit until now. And so I have taken the time to edit it. And um, the transitions should be very smooth for you. And uh, you shouldn't really notice uh, much, if anything, at all. Um, And also, I ask you to stay um, even at the end when the episode ends, because I will be giving you an update on um, this family and their daughter. So uh, I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. It it worked the first time. (laughs) I will never stop celebrating. (laughs) It works immediately. (laughs) How are you? I'm sorry what did you say I'm good how are you I'm doing now I'm really actually happy I'm like I get tears tears of joy can start streaming down my face you you never know with this thing yeah oh goodness gracious it is it is late well not late it really is eight o'clock but you know (laughs) Some days, some days well, eight o'clock is late. <laughs> yes. So when we're when we're moms and we've done, I was grocery shopping for a long time and then came home and cooked and then I baked because I'm trying a new gluten free, dairy free thing for Thanksgiving and I am pooped. But I am yeah. very very um, excited to uh, talk with you and walk through your journey. Um, but before we start with the crux of our topic how about you introduce yourself and you can say as much or as little as you want all right uh i am sarah Baumgartner, and um boy i don't know this is very open-ended um <laughs> i <laughs> my husband's name is ben and we have five children at the moment and uh our uh fourth child mira through us for a number of loops. She was um, not intended uh, to begin with. We were finishing up foster care training when we found out we were pregnant and uh, decided to take a few months off before accepting any placements. And then she was just my most difficult baby. And then we kept pushing it off and pushing it off. And then she fell into trouble and uh, we actually didn't get to foster care except through the back door after she was three okay newly three yeah um so that was that was all that was all preordained very clearly I felt like um 
she trained me in all of the things that I would need, um, or rather God trained me through her in a lot of things. <laughs> so the fifth child is, is your foster placement? Yes. Okay. When you said yeah. five, I think, oh my gosh. I mean, I know we get to, we've known each other for years. We're not necessarily, you know, right. BFF. So I'm thinking, how did I miss a fifth kid? I started feeling really yeah. horrible. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> was, yeah. babysitting and then it it all just her life kind of fell apart oh my goodness you know I'm getting a really bad connection can you try your your headphones and see if that fixes it yes absolutely I have to figure out one goes on which side and my husband is the one who figured it out the first time maybe it doesn't matter do you think it matters yeah, it does, because it's uh, really uncomfortable if you have one on the wrong one. <laughs> There's usually an L or an R on the little right. thing. Well, here they are. Does that, will that do? Yes, it sounds a lot better. Okay, it's like all tangled up. I'm sorry if this makes a loud sound. Uh, I'll just leave it. Oh, that's much better. Yeah, I don't know. It good. was coming in and out, and it was doing some weird stuff. Uh, okay, uh-huh. well, good. Okay. So, um, so anyway, five children, husband, anything about you yeah. as a person? Me as a person. Oh, yes. Uh, I, 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 I grew up homeschooled and like my mother before me. And, um, I had a huge, huge, uh, friend base being homeschooled and it was just, from talking to other adults, I had an unusual upbringing, um, even an unusual homeschooled upbringing. And um, I also had like a, just this enormous clan of a family that would get together all the time. Um, and that's also unusual, I think. Um, so, <laughs> so you're an over-socialized homeschooler? <laughs> I'm an over-socialized homeschooler. <laughs> yes. And um, yeah, I, I uh, don't think conventionally. And I find things humorous that aren't humorous. And I think all of that has uh, also helped me through a lot of tough things. <laughs> Being able to sit in a hospital and laugh at things that other people would not find funny. <laughs> Pretty sure that helped me. <laughs> well, that's one of the things that I adore about you, because I think we kind of have the sin dry sense of humor or sick yes. or whatever people would say <laughs> right <laughs> yes oh my goodness gracious that's awesome yeah. oh you are you are funny well at least you make me laugh anyway and that's what counts <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> that's all you can know so tell me um let's start with your journey um we're going to talk about um your daughter and, and she uh, had some well, has, I don't know, but <laughs> health yeah. issues. And, um, and then we'll just be talking about your spiritual journey through her um, health journey. And um, we'll just start from the very beginning. How did you discover that things just weren't right? Well, she, um, she was born full term, no issues. Um, she was was she she was eight pounds ten ounces I think yeah pretty sure she was the eight ten one um which is not unusual that she's middling for my babies and um she um after 
I want to say like six weeks, six weeks to maybe three months in that time frame, she started having reflux issues, but she also started sleeping through the night. And I just let her because all my babies have been enormous and slept through the night. And um, we were just happy that she was sleeping. And then she stopped gaining weight and started losing weight. And the doctor started saying, okay, you're going to have to start waking her up to feed her. And I was like, what? Don't do that with babies. (laughs) Why would you do that with a baby? But I I did. I started to. And 3 a.m. is the time I prefer to wake up. If I have to wake up in the middle of the night, I want it to be at 3 a.m. Because I feel like I can still get a good stretch before and after. I'm less angry at that time of night. So (laughs) I... uh, So I, I scheduled it and my phone woke me up and I feed Mira. And um, when we started feeding her like actual food, she took just tiny, teeny little bites, micro bites. And she never ate much and she was hard to keep focused and she just was not interested in feeding herself. Um, and she was very difficult to breastfeed. She, at times we would be just like, I would be holding her vertically, standing up, bouncing and singing to try to keep her attention um, on eating. And that was just like the most bizarre thing in the world. So she was Um, not interested in eating? No. Nope. She was never interested in eating. And she was crazy hyperactive, like just off the wall all the time. Um, She crawled super early and sat super early and, and walked super early and was just all energy all the time, just nervous energy. Um, and we learned later that some, some kids who don't, um, who don't take in enough calories, that's, that's can be a sign of starvation. Yeah. Well, she, yep. She was, she was hyperactive and, um, boy, was that, was that before we were feeding her every hour? Yeah, it was. So, Wow. You were feeding her every hour? By the time she was one, Uh I was, I was feeding her every hour, either breastfeeding or sitting in a high chair um, to try to put some weight on her. And um, it was completely unsustainable. um, But I felt like I'd, you know, done due diligence. Um, And I... So so let's stop there for a second. Yeah. How... (laughs) I mean, you don't have a life if you have to feed your child no. every hour. So, right. so what did your life look like at that moment? Well, I was supposed to be homeschooling also. I had um, I had a first grader, I believe, or a second. Let me think. I'm trying to think. I had a second grader and a kindergartner. Um, and I was supposed to be homeschooling, and I had then a kindergarten-aged son and um a let's see two-year-old um besides Mira three-year-old I guess Maeve was and um it was it was just feeding Mira all the time my whole life revolved around feeding Mira Uh, my my whole life has revolved around feeding Mira for all of her life (laughs) in one form or another (laughs) so how did you manage um, did you still keep homeschooling them in between or? Um, I think I did for a little while, but I just kind of 
tanked horribly. My, my second, my second son uh, does not learn typically. And so the only way I knew how to teach my first came by everything super easily. He learned how to read easily and write easily and everything. He just picked everything up right away. And, um, and then my second just was not like that at all. He's, he's more artistically minded. He's more technically minded and he just did not put things together the way I taught them. Mm. So, um, I just kind of quit with him. He was only kindergarten at that time, but I was seeing more and more that I was not going to be able to do that. And, um, I think that we had started school earlier to try to get, you know, to try to get some in before fall and winter. Cause we get bored of summer anyways. So, um, I had had some, some under my belt before all of the medical craziness started, but, um, I didn't do anything well. I'm not much of a housekeeper to begin with. So uh, that, you know, didn't, didn't suffer any more than, than it usually does. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, like we, we were still like, like, you know, there's the pregnancy where, and it was a horrible pregnancy. It was, it was very bad. So Ben was doing a lot of cooking and cleaning and everything throughout that. And then we had like the early months where he was still helping a lot. And then it kind of morphed into this child does not eat right. And he just kept going. And he, he was like a soldier. He just, he just kept going for two years. Wow. That's amazing. Three years. It was, it was three years because it was pregnancy through, well, yeah, like she was almost three years old before we could stop how everything revolving around her eating. Wow. Okay. So uh -huh. we still, are. even then we still, yeah. are. sorry, go ahead. No, that's fine. So, um, so at this point then, you know, it wasn't sustainable to be feeding every hour on the hour. So then what happened? And at this point, do you have a diagnosis? No, we, we actually never had a diagnosis. We never, we, she's never been diagnosed. Um, so we, I went into the pediatrician and, you know, she had been trying to get, trying different ideas to get Mira to eat. And finally I was like, we need to test, we need to do testing. Cause she had fallen off the growth charts. Um, she had fallen, I don't know, like five, five steps down. And my best friend, Danielle was, you know, all summer long, like Sarah, you need to run blood tests on this child because she does not look right. And she doesn't act right. And she knows medical issues like this and I should have listened, but it was fine. The timing all worked out fine, but I kind of wish I'd listened. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, my pediatrician at the time, um, set us up with a Hershey GI and the Hershey GI had us let's see Mira turned one in no end of November and right after Christmas, it was, I think it was like the beginning of January, second week of January, January 10th sticks in my mind. We were inpatient at Children's Hospital at Hershey to do all manner of testing and try to find a formula that she could tolerate to switch onto instead of breast milk um, or to, to wean onto really. Um, and it, um, we were inpatient for, I don't know, three to five days. Maybe it was five days, but, um, that was, that was interesting. That was my first being inpatient with a child experience. And, um, it was, 
Yeah, interesting on a number of levels. <laughs> what was... made it interesting? <laughs> <laughs> well, there, um, there was one nurse in particular who I really loved. I was so grateful to have him on my side because I remember, I remember like midnight one night, the doctor had ordered for Mira to drink formula. And I, I felt so wrong about giving her a dairy-based formula because she had always reacted badly to milk and she was dairy-free at home. And I was just like, listen, I, I am not comfortable with this. We have to find something that's not dairy and not soy because I knew um, my nephew had been very allergic to dairy and soy. And they're so closely related that a lot of people who are allergic to one are also allergic to the other. Um, and so he, um, he fought for me to get, um, an amino acid based formula, which is a already pre-digested formula. Um, they're the only ones that don't have dairy or soy in them. And, um, and then he fought for me to, to get, um, an NG tube for her, a tube going from her nose to her stomach because she wouldn't drink it. She, she just would not drink it. And he was there. Oh no, that wasn't it. It wasn't the NG tube. It was a pump. It was a feeding pump. So yeah, he, he, uh, he fought for me to get a feeding pump to take home, um, so that the pump could pump the formula in instead of me standing around holding a syringe in the air all day long and all night long, which is just impractical. Um, but that meant a lot to me to have someone fight for me. Um, and just just the triumph of getting the uh, amino acid based formula that was a really big deal too. So you said it's pre digested. Like explain that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's um, so amino acids. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it wrong. I'll say what I know. Um, the amino acids. It's basically has all of the everything that you need already digested so that your stomach doesn't have to do anything. It can just empty out of your stomach and go to work. Your body can use it. So it's just um, ready, available. Wow. So yeah. Do you know, do you know how they make that digest? <laughs> I do not. Okay. That's fascinating <laughs> to me. I know it's I'm gonna have to look that up. outrageously expensive. Um, and we were very grateful that state insurance would pay for all of it. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. Okay, so she's on formula, you go home, you have your feeding pump, and then what? So she gradually weaned. So she was on formula and breast milk and table food. She gradually weaned, which was fine. Um, I nursed her longer than any of my other babies. The other ones just like quit cold turkey at like nine months old. So um, she was then on formula and food, and she was growing and, um, and then she had this huge reaction where she was just vomiting with diarrhea continually all day long, all night long for days. And she was just like on the edge of maybe going into shock, like time after time after time within those days. And we ended up like, um, almost heading for the ER and then going to the ER and, Um, I can't, I can't even remember. I don't remember if we got IVs or if they just sent us home or what, but finally we ended up with Zofran that would stop the vomiting. 
and uh, but it 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 didn't stop it it didn't like it would stop it up for as long as the Zofran was effective and then she'd just keep going um and I felt pretty strongly that it was the food see my my best friend's daughter who's two years older than Mira she did this same thing with food and I had like for years I had heard all about it and I had heard you know all the weird stuff that went along with it and it's like God had trained me for it um, before Mira was even thought of he had trained me for all of this and like what doctors to talk to and what questions to ask and what formula to go on and how to do it and it's it's crazy but I said I really think I need to take her off food and I took her off all food and the vomiting and the diarrhea stopped. Wow. Yeah. So what, was it a specific food or just eating in general? I don't know. I know that we had early intervention. We had speech therapy through state, um, through early intervention. They would come to our house. And that week she had had us trying sprinkles on everything. And I feel like that was like the straw that broke the camel's back. Like she had been getting like sicker and sicker and sicker. And then we started doing sprinkles and everything to try to get her to take bigger bites of things. And the vomiting started. And like when sprinkles stopped, like you put on cupcakes? Like, yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. Just like make it fun, make it crunchy. And like, there's nothing wrong with sprinkles. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. But it was, that was just, that was just too much. The end. Yep. That was the end for her. So <clears throat> she, um, she continued to vomit, uh, one to seven times a week, uh, for the next, let's see, year. <laughs> oh my gosh. How did, did that affect her esophagus? All that acid coming up and down? The crazy thing is it didn't. She, oh, had so <laughs> she had a scope. She had a I'm so, so happy. Like uh -huh. a year later, after vomiting for a year, she had an endoscopy and they were like, yeah, there's really not much damage. Like it looks like really minor reflux. Oh, praise God. Because I can't yeah. really imagine. And it didn't affect her teeth either. We really thought it would affect her teeth, but her teeth are great. She must have her dad's teeth. She doesn't have mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So at this point, like I imagine, you know, you're praying and you're asking God for healing or for answers and they're not coming. So how, how, how are you doing then? Well, I remember she, she would go, you know, through periods of calm where we would be trialing foods and she'd be vomiting every now and then. And sometimes we'd be like, this is definitely from the food we gave her. And sometimes we'd be like, no, I don't know why she's just vomiting. It's just random. And, um, periods of, of peace like that, that was peace. That was baseline. And then um, periods of like, she's obviously reacting. There's constant diarrhea, constant vomit. And are we going to have to go to the ER for fluids or not? And in those times of just like cleaning up horrifying messes and watching my child just not keep anything down at all, um, I would be so frozen with anxiety that I would just stand and, and stare I would just stand in the middle of a room and just not even be able to think. 
like, I don't know why I'm in this room. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I need to be doing. I'm just like completely submersed in panic. Wow. And, um, and I, that next school year, so that school year I bombed. I didn't, I barely did any school at all with those boys. So the next year finally is like, I'm drowning. I'm, I'm drowning under this. There is no way I can homeschool through this. This is not happening another year. Um, and I convinced my husband to, to put the boys in actually the Waldorf school is what we chose because we knew that that would be the best chance of my second son learning. Um, right. Because you said he learned differently. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes. And that's all play-based learning. It's all like imagination and fantasy and just really exciting stuff. Um, They play outside a lot and they just do really wonderful job of teaching through play. And um, he learned so much there. And, and more than that, like he just opened up like his stress level with all of the craziness at home was way too high. And he, we hadn't heard him laugh in so long. And the Waldorf school just opened up that joy again. And he just like started great big belly laughs. And it was just a really good, that was a really good choice for oh, our family for that year. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and it gave me time to not have to not have that responsibility. So my numbing anxiety, I just remember like, like the scene that I picture from like the most hellish time was changing another diarrhea diaper and just saying, no, 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 no. And that's all I could just no, 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 no. And that was my prayer. (laughs) And it was just horrified, a horrified prayer. Like this has to stop now. This has to stop. Like bodies don't just keep doing this without not working anymore. This has to stop. Um, And then other people would always be like, oh, we're praying for healing. And we know that, that God is the great healer and he can just heal her just like that. And like, well, yeah, that's all true. That's completely true. Like Jesus came and he healed. I just never felt like I could pray that. I never felt like her story was about being miraculously healed. I felt like her story was about learning to trust Jesus Mm. and just taking one step after another. And like she is indomitable she never there there were probably two or three times in her life where she has been so sick that she has just laid around on a couch she she's just indomitable she's amazing (laughs) um and i felt like no matter how bad it got it was more like me learning to trust jesus than mira needing to be healed Mm. Wow. That's incredible. Um, did you, did you feel like those, those comments were hurtful? Were they helpful? So I know you think differently, so I don't know that you would have been bothered by it or not. No, I don't get bothered by much. I felt like I was just disjointed. Like I just couldn't connect to them at all. And like we, we did organize at one time, um, a like a laying on of hands anointing with oil prayer time at our church and the elders offered and it was 
um, one of my best friends from growing up was also going to be prayed over at, at the same time. And I was like, well, that's really neat. Like just mm-hmm. to have parallel. Um, and, you know, we invited tons of people. The room was just like overflowing. There were people standing out in the hallway um, who couldn't fit into the room. And, and on top of that, it was, it was really powerful to have, um, it just turned out that, that my husband was sitting on the floor with her on his lap and everyone had their hands on him also. And it was a really hard time for him, not with Mira necessarily. I don't know that he ever emotionally connected to what was happening with Mira, but just in his spiritual walk, it was a really hard time for him. And I just was so grateful to have that room full of people praying for Mira and Ben. Mm. Um, I mean, I'm fully open to God just healing. I, I felt like it was my job just to be prepared for her not to be healed, just to be prepared to like have to slug through it. Um, and I don't know if that's like just cynicism, but I don't know. It didn't feel like a lack of faith. It just felt like a different kind of faith. Like mm-hmm. there's, you know, there's believing that someone's going to be healed and the mountain's going to move right now. And then there's believing that Jesus is sitting right there beside you through all of the horrifying events and it was a lot more like that wow that's impressive he he was just right there and he was right there in teeny tiny little things just like I have a things thing with numbers repeating and you know I'd look at a clock right when it was 202 or right when it was 222 and I'd be like yes that's that's God's tiny teeny little thing for me just to give me peace and um and through big things like just the right song on the radio at the right time and i i wrote out i don't know maybe maybe eight or ten songs lyrics to songs that i just stuck up all around my kitchen and i would go from one to the next to the next to the next just to beat back that anxiety that would rear its head and i would you know, read the whole way through this song and then the whole way through that song. And by the end, I'd be like, okay, I can, I can do this. This will be okay. Wow. You're, you're, this is amazing. I am I'm so grateful that you had those little, <laughs> I call those little um, kisses from God. I, I love that. Um, right. So when we were talking about the prayer, did that moment, you know, having that um, group of people praying over him, did he, um, what, what did that do for him? Did that help him in any way? It did. Yeah. He felt it. He felt okay, that. Good. All right. So then you yeah. both were kind of together yeah. in that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I didn't know if he was feeling cynical or <laughs> faithless. I, mean, <laughs> I don't you know, remember even different. like, I don't, yeah, I don't even remember like what the specifics were. Did I just hang up? No, you're here. Oh, <laughs> it beeped. I didn't know. I, um, yeah, I don't remember what the specifics were, but um, I remember that it was exactly what he needed right then. And it was just, you know, beautiful symmetry. Um, and I can't say that it necessarily changed Mira's state yeah. <laughs> either, but, but, you know, prayer is good. She had just so many people praying for her. Just, I mean, we were going to um, Evangelical Free Church of Hershey at that time, and it's a huge church and there, everybody knew who Mira was. And everybody was praying for Mira. And I had just um, still, every time I post a Mira update, there's just hundreds of comments 
Um, and people cared, care about her and they um, are still praying for her. There's still a Sunday school that checks up actually more than one. My aunt's church calls two aunt, two of my aunt's churches call and check up on her pretty regularly because they're still praying for her. Mm. And she's just had an enormous impact. Like her life has had the biggest impact and it's been really neat to see. Wow. That's amazing. Um, so at this point, is she just still doing the formula? Are you feeding her anything? Like, well, I mean, we, she I, was on. It's, she, <laughs> she was on amino acid based formula until she was almost three. So from one years old till almost three, and um, she we were doing food trials in that time, but she never passed any food other than um, prunes, which was lucky because the formula was constipating. So, oh, was it? I was going to say, wait, she doesn't need <laughs> yeah. any help going. <laughs> All right. No, no. Well, like she would have diarrhea with reactions, but it was like, this is too much information. It was like more mucus than yeah. anything. Like it wasn't yeah, like so a... that makes sense because yeah. the body is trying to avoid. Yeah. I, yes. I, I totally avoid get Avoid digestion. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it fills up with mucus and yep. pushes it all out. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so by the end we were like, we had, I was pretty jaded about food trials and I was like, this is just like, hopefully once we get to a third birthday, her, uh, what uh, numerous doctors had told me that around age three children get over this. Like, it's like just a miraculous thing. They, it's just done. Okay. And but there was no diagnosis. So, so what is this no diagnosis. That, that, that she's supposed to get over? This thing that isn't diagnosed, this just <laughs> oh general reacting to all foods that nobody knows what it is. How like there that? were some, there were some food reactions, like there were some F pies reactions. That's mm-hmm. food protein induced enterocolitis syndrome. Um, which basically is like a delayed reaction to the proteins in foods. Um, and it can be one food or all foods. Um, and it's, it, it's mainly, it's not the foods that you think of for food reactions. Like it's, it's a very different, um, it's a very different type of reaction, but, um, she had some of those reactions that were clearly like you give her peaches and three hours later, she vomits peaches undigested, completely undigested. It's just the peaches. <laughs> um, and we were all like, yeah, that's definitely F pies. And we got into the best allergist for F pies, um, Dr. Brown in, at chop. Um, and we got into a food clinic, food reactions clinic with her. And they basically were like, well, we don't know what it is, but we can, you know, do the most stringent protocol, you know, like every food, single food, food trials for two weeks each um, to see if they work. And that's what we were doing. And she was failing every single one of them. Um, How so. did you not like, I'm thinking of myself in this situation and I'd be angry, like, <laughs> No, it's like how are you going to treat my child for something you doesn't even have a diagnosis? What, 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 what is this? Well, so like with doctors, it, it's it's the medical community is very fascinating to special needs parents. It's very different from what you would think, uh, and maybe you do understand this, but um, a lot of people think that you go to a doctor and they tell you what's wrong and they tell you how to treat it. And you go home and you treat it. But with um, undiagnosed special needs kids, 
you do all of your research on the internet and Facebook, which most doctors frown upon. But once you get up to the level of doctors who like Dr. Brown at CHOP deals with all of these undiagnosed food reactions because the studies aren't there. No, you can't, they can't do studies on children who have gastric allergies because it's not GI and it's not allergist territory. It's both. So you have to have a multidisciplinary approach and it's complicated. And so they're basically like, well, we've seen some kids who react like this and some kids who react like this. So try this. And it's more of you going in and saying, this is all my data that I have compiled over her life and we can't do these things. I'd be willing to try these things. I heard from these people about these things. What do you think? And then the doctor says, oh, well, I think we should try this. And you say, no, I already told you we can't do that. And they say, oh, that's right. You did say that. And the whole office visit goes like that. And if you're lucky, you find doctors who are willing to work with you. And if you're unlucky, you find doctors who try to railroad you into doing things that are going to hurt your kid. And um, we got largely lucky. <laughs> wow. There were, um, there were a bunch of doctors that we fired and, yeah. um, medical kidnap is very real in our country and it happens. And we were really lucky with the doctors that we got that none of them thought that we were doing this to our child. And none of them thought that if we left them, it was a crime and we were endangering our child. So, um, we had, we had God's favor on that one because a lot of people have lost their children to children and youth just because of a feisty doctor who overstepped their bounds or who really thought that the kid was in danger. And sometimes I'm sure kids are. Yeah, that's, that's a tricky balance. Well, I'm so glad because, I mean, I know you and I know you're not yeah. that type. Wow. Yeah. So you're what, at three years old now. How old is she now? Five? Okay. So now, right now she just turned four. Okay, she just turned four. Okay, why do I think is she tall? Because she looks she looks bigger than her. <laughs> she she oh, might no. be tall. I don't know. <laughs> so she anyway grow anyway. Mm-hmm. So formula. She was on these formulas, and her stomach was slowing and slowing and slowing, so that she was on continuous feeds. Um, she was basically. <laughs> we didn't have to have the pump on her 24 seven pumping food in 24 seven, but that's because I knew how much she could hold in her stomach without vomiting. And mm-hmm. I would give her that much and it would just sit in her stomach and slowly empty. Um, and a, a lot of kids on formula have this issue where their, their stomachs just don't want to digest the formula and hers didn't even have to digest it. It just didn't want to empty it. And she was like, she was so like chubby in her face um, and you could tell, and it was, and she was so pale and she just looked so sickly to me, like just like full of water weight sickly. Mm. And it just broke my heart to be giving her this disgusting formula continuously. And by, by now she had a G tube. So it was going straight into her belly instead of down her nose with down the tube, down her nose, which was miraculous. Um, we we went home with NG tubes and had to change them once a week. So we would have to pull the tube out of her nose and then put it back in. Yourself? And yeah. 
I would have to straddle her on the floor while she screamed and put a tube down her nose. And um, it was horrifying. It was very bad. And then I would just like shake and cry and she'd be off running happy (laughs) because she's insane. And um, it was really bad. And I pushed for a G tube because I was like, she hasn't passed any foods. We need, we need, we can't keep doing this to her. So what's um, the difference then? Like, so the, did the you stop giving is, her formula, or why? No, nope. the difference between the tube and the and the. So it's um, two different kinds yeah. of tubes. One tube goes down your nose into your stomach, and the other tube is surgically implanted in your stomach. So it's it's not surgically implanted so much as they they do a surgery to create a tube. Your your body creates the tube. It's called a stoma. It's like an earring hole, mm-hmm. but it um. It just goes from your stomach out to the outside of your belly. No, um, I understand that. But what, oh. what's the difference between the digestion then? Because it's going straight to her stomach. It is still going straight to her stomach, but I don't have to change the tube anymore. Like, oh, I don't it was just for that. Okay. It was I, just I, for that. Okay, gotcha. Oh, I thought because you didn't want to do the formula anymore or something. That's formula. was. No, okay, I, I got confused. I wish gotcha. I could have yeah, stopped yeah. the formula. Yeah. No. So um, we actually did get to stop the formula when she was almost three um, we had given up on food trials and Ben was talking me into, you know, one more food trial and then she got sick and I put it off. I had to do another um, food trial and I was like, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll do it. Um, and then she got sick. So I, I put it off till she was done being sick. And um, did you hear the part where we were at life group? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Oh. I know. I so, know. Okay. Um, life group was at her house. Um, and, and I looked over at the table and this child who had not like chewed and swallowed anything for months, except for ice. She loved to eat ice, um, was chewing and swallowing a raw carrot stick. And I, she should not have been able to, she should have been choking and gagging and puking because of the texture. Um, and she hadn't wanted to eat anything in months. And it was just, the weirdest thing like we had been playing with putting different foods on her plate and letting her just lick them because we were like well she's not ingesting them so maybe she won't vomit and um there she was just eating and it was the weirdest thing to see and I thought well we'll just call it a carrot trial and see what happens and she never reacted and that was that was it she was eating did she turn orange from so many carrots (laughs) right so the next day she wanted to eat other things too and she hadn't wanted to eat in so long and she had lost so many eating skills and I was just so over it all and I was like sure (laughs) try some food (laughs) we'll see what happens and she ate everything she ate just everything we kept her away from dairy and gluten just because they've shown to you know you know yeah. <laughs> yep. yes I know and my, my life has no smart. meaning anymore right right <laughs> it just didn't seem smart to give her dairy or gluten because we know they cause so much inflammation but everything else we were like sure try it see what happens and she ate everything she never reacted again we never we have not seen a reaction again she just turned four um so I guess it, the doctors were rightish about the three-year-old thing the doctors were completely right yeah, she was like a month or two before she turned three. And we saw Dr. Brown and Dr. Brown said, so the nearest we can guess is that it's a microbiome update. 
like your body updates its microbiome every three years, every six years, it, it depends. But we think that these kids who react to all foods, once their microbiome fully updates, their body can digest them again. What is microbiome? Does that have to do with I have no idea. intestines? Oh, <laughs> right. I don't know. Like it's, I don't know, like you're the, yeah, the, the, I don't know, the stuff in your gut that does okay. stuff. Yeah, right. <laughs> wow. This is incredible. It's, inc- it was, inc- it was absolutely astounding. So I gave her, I gave, we had always done two week trials. I gave her two weeks of eating foods to see if she would react. She didn't react to anything. So then I started real food blending, which is a movement <laughs> um, of people who are sick of giving their children formula or whose for- children are so sick on formula that they are just blending and putting the food down tubes. And um, it's actually what everyone used to do when they went in the hospital and had a feeding tube. They would just you know, the food would be, would be blended up and they'd put that in your belly instead. Yeah. And um, kids are just far less sick on it. Um, so I gave her two weeks of digesting foods and then I started blending foods for her. And then I moved her, I gave her two weeks of blended diet and then I moved her entirely off of formula onto blended food. And um, she grew. She like, she lost all of her like pudgy water weight weirdness Mm -hmm. and she pinked up and started looking healthy and she got taller she hadn't grown taller in a while and she grew taller and she gained weight and it was amazing see i knew she looked taller like yeah she did she grew taller (laughs) yeah yeah and um and so then i was like well she is no longer uh no longer needs a feeding tube she's just feeding tube dependent like it's not like there's like there's no reason for her to not be able to eat these foods that I'm putting in her belly and she's digesting like she's no test has ever found a problem with her so I decided to wean her off of the tube feeds and I joined um, a Facebook group now all this time I was a part of tons of Facebook groups to find out what everybody else is doing Mm -hmm. and they just there are literally tens of thousands of parents on these groups and they are worldwide groups so you get like people from the UK and people from Australia and they're all talking about these medically complex kids and what they're doing for them and what tests need to be run and what doctors are best in what areas and just wonderful wonderful advice Um, and then there was this group um, called growing independent eaters and they're actually a company that you can hire and I may yet hire them someday, but um, their advice and the comments of the people who have gone through their program um, helped me figure out how to best wean her off of tube feeds and onto table food. And it took her, I think it was six months from blended diet to fully eating by mouth. And it should have taken her three years. Oh, wow. Statistically speaking, you, it takes a full year of feeding therapy for every, what is it? It's a full year of feeding therapy. I don't remember. I think it's for every six months of not eating something like that. And Mm -hmm. it should have taken her three years and it took her six months and it was just incredible. Um, and she was fully eating and she was growing 
And then she stopped and she started losing weight. <laughs> so where we are right now is I'm back to tube feeding, but not for life. Like she is, she is eating just mm-hmm. not enough to grow. We don't know why she won't eat enough to grow now, but she won't. So we are doing the same blends, but not as stringent about getting all of it into her all the time because she's mostly feeding herself. So she, she looks good right now. And we're doing about half the work that we were doing when we started blending. But um, So this is recent then? This is recent. Yeah, this is within the last month. So, but she's not this having the, the diarrhea nope. or throwing up? Nope. No reaction. Oh, okay. She just started She's just not eight. interested in food again? Yeah. Yep. Wow. Yeah. So. Okay. So this, this just happens. So this is recent. Yep. What, what did you start feeling? Um, honestly, it was just mostly reluctance to start blending again because it's so much work and just making sure you have everything you need. I, I had gotten it down to a science where I have these two, I have two blends that I make. One is savory, one is sweet. They have all of the vitamins that she needs in the right amounts for her weight and it's just a full diet altogether. And we give the savory overnight by the pump. The pump pumps it in overnight. And we give the sweet one during the day with um, syringe feeds, um, which are just real quick and easy and not messy. And it, it's, it's simple and it's streamlined. It's just a lot of work. And, and getting the pump ready every night is just like kind of, it just feels defeating to have to do. <laughs> um, so it mostly was just, oh, I don't want to go back to that again. But there was none yeah. of the terror or the just like very real, real fear that like this child is horrifyingly sick and I don't know what to do about it. And that's the way it was with the formula. And that's the way it was when I started blending. Like the learning curve for blending was really steep, trying to figure out how to get it to the right thinness, but have enough calories and the right calories and no foods that she was like, there were still foods that she didn't do well with like foods that made her reef. Yeah. Foods that I don't know. She had different reactions to different foods still. Um, so like the learning curve was steep and it was a lot of work and really hard and really emotionally fraught um, in the beginning, but now it's just old hat and I just didn't feel like it. <laughs> so I, I put it off and she started looking like a scarecrow and I was like, all right, got to do it now. So yeah, I started blending and we're feeding her and she's fine and it's working and she's growing and I'm just, I don't know. I should probably have some blood tests run just to see. And my pediatrician says it could just be gluten. Like I don't give her gluten unless it's like chicken nuggets when we're all at McDonald's. Yeah. Um, trace amounts like that have been known to stop truly allergic people from growing at all. So it could be trace amounts of gluten that are the entire mm. problem at this point. Wow. So have you found out if the the grilled nuggets over at uh, Chick-fil-A are gluten-free? Are they? Are they really? <laughs> I know. I said, have oh, you looked into that? Because maybe you can do. Maybe you can do. Yeah. Uh, right. Maybe there's one uh, Chick Fil A for fast food instead. Although there isn't one too close to you. I have one dangerously yeah. close. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness gracious. Oh my. So that's where you're at right now. Say it again. 
I said, so that's where you're at yeah. right now. That's where we are right now. Yeah. So this, um, this story is still unfolding. And so is she still high energy? She is. She's crazy. She's a crazy person. She, uh, she <laughs> all day long at the top of her lungs. Like she is the loudest child I have ever known, uh, except possibly my sister. And <laughs> she, uh, yeah. Yep. She just bounces through life at the top of her lungs and is, yeah, just like, just, in- it's, it's always struck me really hard, the thought that she could have died so many times just from going into shock or from a bad reaction or just so many times she could have died. And she, like, we would have missed this person who is such a person. Like, she is just, has this evil of life huh? personality. And I just can't imagine this enormous personality not being here. Mm. That's beautiful. So are you still homeschooling still or are your kids still going to? They went to school okay. for one year. And then um, the next year we did like a Waldorf homeschool hybrid to like wean them off of the magic that was Waldorf. And, um, yeah. I laugh, but it truly is like it's you walk in and like everything's fairies and rainbows. It's an incredible place. Um, and, and then this year we're back to, you know, typical lots of workbooks and, um, and, you know, using, using some programs, TV programs for science and, you know, just homeschooling. So, and then you added a fifth one because I'm here thinking, wow, I don't know if you're the crazy one. It wasn't intended. What what in the world is God thinking here? Because I'm just like it was a landslide. It it, it can you share about that I or is that no? I she okay. was babysitting. Her mom had to go in the hospital to have a baby. She didn't have anyone to watch her, so we took this sweet sweet little one year old. She was 18 months at the time, and um, <laughs> and we babysat her like week on week off, and then it ended up being a little bit more than week on week off, and then children and youth were called on like just a really ridiculous claim that wasn't true at all. Uh, but then, then they saw that this one-year-old was not living with her mother more than half of the time for the past like two months. And um, they said, well, this is, um, we're going to have to step in. And they said, do you want to become foster parents? And we said, yes. And then eventually they said, do you want to become pre-adoptive parents? And like, who would we be if we said no? Like she was a part of our family. Are you there still? Wow. Yeah, I am here. Yeah. So, so we said yes. And well, what about the baby? Is that situation? That situation is completely. Yeah. He was being adopted from birth. So she went into the hospital and his adopted mom, who happens to be my best friend. Oh, it is not his sister. Yeah. Oh, I'm not mentioning name because, you know, know. But, oh, my goodness. I, I don't think I ever put that together. Yeah. Well, I must have missed it. So we oh, okay, okay. We, like, share a birth mom. It's not a birth mom. Well, yeah, it is. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah so that, that it was just, it's just been really crazy. So, like, we have this relationship with birth mom and with birth dad, and they're both just really great people, and they visit 
and the visits are fine and everything's fine and they come to family picnics and we go to birthday parties and like this this is you know this is what we believe in like we're keeping a child and allowing her to be a full part of her family on both sides that she wouldn't have had otherwise and um it's just you know it's wonderful it's working it's great it's been a lot to swallow because it was so last minute and hurried and not intended on our parts. But, um, I don't know. Wow. I, 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 yeah, I didn't put those things together at all. Yeah. Well, because you know, I do read your stuff, but to see her brother all the time is just wonderful. Like that's great. Wow. So what would you tell any moms that are going through, any medical or something similar, what, mm. what kind of advice could you give them uh, in the middle of not knowing and despair? I don't know. As soon <laughs> as you start needing medical equipment, apply for medical assistance. Just that just that should be the first thing you do because you will qualify, at least in Pennsylvania. If you have, if you need medical equipment, you will qualify for medical assistance and it will save your butts. <laughs> Uh, Cause that stuff is outrageously expensive. That's my first really practical mm. advice. <laughs> when did you learn that along the way? Um, Danielle told me we came home. Oh, okay. I think it was even before that. It was when we started seeing specialists. She said, apply for medical assistance. And we did, and we got it. And we were really glad to have gotten it because we went right into testing. And I guess we applied for it retroactively, but it covered the hospital stay and the tests and the formula, which is, it's, Danny can rattle off how much it costs per day. And I, I can't keep numbers in my head, but it's really phenomenally expensive. And um, like we rent a feeding pump from a um, medical provider, uh, mm-hmm. medical, what is it called? DME, durable medical equipment provider. Um, and they give us feeding bags and um, extensions and new G tubes and um, the state pays for it because we live in a wonderful country. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's amazing. What else would you um, advise? Um, I, I really think that the groups on the internet are just an enormous support and they, they've been through it. And there are some really good ones and you can find them specific to your issues. Like I'm part of still part of a, a G tube group. Um, it's actually a feeding tube group, all different kinds of feeding tubes and a part of, um, an F pies group and a, um, well, the growing independent eaters group and just on and on just tons of different groups. Um, we were looking at, at eosinophilic esophagitis and part of an EOE group. That's a different type of allergy and just on and on. And they, they're invaluable. And one of the things that one of those ladies on those groups said was um, that you have to grieve. You have to sit down regularly. It might be weekly or daily or monthly. But you have to sit down and think about, just let yourself think about the things that you've lost in not having a medically typical child and let yourself think about how hard it is and really grieve it and cry and ask why, and then swallow it 
and say it is what it is and get up and live your life because you will drown in depression if you don't allow yourself to grieve the things that you've lost. Wow. What beautiful advice. And I think it's so applicable to like everything in life, you know, like you, you know, Mm -hmm. even a typical parent, you send your kid to preschool and your baby's gone. That's your baby walking out the door and you can cry about that. And that helps you. It helps you to go through the process of grieving the things that you lose and knowing, you know, this was a sad thing. Part of me is a little Mm -hmm. bit happy. Part of me is a little bit sad. I'm going to work through it. And now I can look back on it and say, yeah, I grieved that. And I feel better about it now. I love that. I definitely do. I, I, I I learned a long time ago that grief isn't just for the loss of life. Um, it's loss of just dreams and yeah. hopes and things. So, which Absolutely. if we don't grieve it and we hold on to it, we, we get stuck. We don't move on. Right. Right. Yeah. So that's you wonderful. Get bitter and just stagnant mm-hmm. and stuck there. Goodness. Well, I mean, we can stop with that one, but if you have anything else you want to <laughs> share. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> I don't know. I also like lean into Jesus. Like he is big enough and he is right there. Like he, he ran, he ran to like one of the most miserable places and times in history to heal people. Like he came down to be a part of, um, he came down to earth to from heaven to be a part of the misery and the dust and the dirt and the sicknesses and live here with hunger and with pain and with thirst and with all those things. Like he came on purpose and joined us. And that's what he does. He, he finds hurting people and he joins them. And he says, I am going to sit right here with you in this misery and experience it with you. And we're going to work through it together. And he, there's, there's no better place to be than in horrifying suffering beside Jesus. It's, it's, Mm, it's better than being healthy and it's better than being rich and it's better than being clean and good and whatever. It's Jesus. And he's so kind. Just lean into him. Amen. Preach it, sister. (laughs) All right. So um, unless you have anything else to add, um, I'm going to uh, close this up with our, my two questions that I usually have. Go for it. Which are, yes. So um, how are you being salt in your neck of the woods? How am I being salt? I feel like I have a real testimony. Like that was it. (laughs) I just said it. That's my testimony. <laughs> well, I guess with the with the foster, yeah, there's a little bit um, there. child too. <laughs> I don't know. I you're definitely. I love I love to write, and I have really enjoyed making these just these posts of these crazy things that I've learned about Jesus throughout this, and it's a lot of people have followed it, and a lot of people have seen it, and I feel like. That has been a good purpose of the suffering that we have been through is for a lot of people to see, um, to see the good news 
through my posts. So that's been cool. Like God has, has used that. And a lot of people have said, we're really glad that you've said the things you've said. And that's nice because I rely heavily on the approval of man as I shouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) How do you know you're going in the right direction? If everybody's not clapping, it's terrible. (laughs) (laughs) This humor of yours. Oh, I love you. (laughs) I really should repent and actually hang out more often. I know, right? <laughs> and make me laugh. Yes, you're not that far from right? me. Oh, goodness gracious. Um, you're welcome anytime, but I have a broken foot right now, so I'm not coming to you. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't mind driving. That doesn't, yeah, I've, I've driven to other states to hang out with perfect That's strangers right. from the you internet. You travel like crazy. I can write, I can drive. Yeah. Yes, I can drive too. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So, and then if you were a spice, which one would it be? And uh, how do you, uh, what do you bring to the table with that? All right. So- and sarcasm <laughs> is not a spice. <laughs> have people tried that one on you? So, uh, yeah. No, I, I, I just thought maybe you would come up with something like that. <laughs> I, I had to look up what all spices were because I needed to make sure that uh, marjoram, which is not margarine, but marjoram, while it is probably actually an herb, was classified as a spice on the one website I looked at. So I'm going to say that because it's my favorite. Mm-hmm. I think it's so yummy. And I put it on chicken. I do marjoram and rosemary. And what's the other one? I can't remember now. Parsley. And it just makes the most yummy chicken in the whole world. And I, I'm afraid I put it on every meat because I'm really boring. But anyways, I just have to say that um, I'm, I found out this past year that I am competitive. I didn't know this about myself. And I also found out that I have no attention to detail at all. Like I, I can, my father could shave his beard off, which he's had since I was born and I might not notice. And um, (laughs) so I'm lacking in self-awareness along with those two traits. (laughs) So I'm going to say marjoram because I like it and I have no application (laughs) to make to my life with that at all. You're like, I just like this. Yeah. I mean, if we have, we're going to talk about spice because you talk about the spice at the end. So I'm going to say marjoram because this is a spice and I like it. Come on. You're, you're a brainiac. You can do better than that. I'm not I, even going to let, let you off I the hook. I, with honestly, that. that's what I think. So how are you similar to marjoram? How am I similar to marjoram? Yes. I'm little. What does it do to your chicken? I'm, I'm little. Okay. Yes. But I'm not green. Um... <laughs> I don't know. It has like a sort of tangy and sweet flavor to it. Maybe it's not sweet at all. Maybe it's just tangy, but I put it with parsley and that makes it sweet. Um, I, I, so there you go. In combination with other things, there we go. you bring out the best in other Yeah, people. like my tanginess can make other people mm-hmm. sweet. I don't, I don't know. There you go. Or maybe I gravitate toward sweet people because I'm tangy. Because <laughs> you're tangy? <laughs> It's hard to just swallow me alone. <laughs> so, so what explains the gravitating toward each other? <laughs> sweet is not the thing that anybody would describe me right off the bat. <laughs> well, you know, and like, I'm, I'm sorry, but I don't think anyone would describe my best friend as sweet either. <laughs> no, maybe, maybe other people would, but it'd probably be people who don't know her terribly well. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Oh my gosh, you're a hoot. I, I do, I do love like those sweet church ladies, like the ones who you know, like their sins are yelling at their child last week. 
Like those, those people <laughs> I just think are so precious and sweet and, and entirely valid. And I love them because they're not like me at all. <laughs> so I don't know, maybe that's something. <laughs> so what is it about that contrast? Like what, what's different there? You mean how you don't yell at your how, kids? Oh my word. I yell at my children all the time. I know. Like, I feel like, uh, I feel like my, my big harboring sins are like just so much bigger than any of those sweet church ladies could ever imagine. Like just, you know, the pride uh, of my heart and the sharpness of my tongue and just all oh, the nastiness that's in me that comes out, especially after I post one of those really inspiring posts, you know, like, like this mm-hmm. is the Bible verse and this is how we break it down and look how much Jesus loves us. And then I just like turn into a horrible shrew towards everyone in my house and it's shocking and it happens every time. And I even know like while I'm typing it up, I'm like, oh man, I'm going to be a terrible person today and I don't know what to do about it. And there's nothing I can do. And it happens every time. And I don't, I don't know if that's a thing. Like, does that happen to other people? I'd really like to know that answer. <clears throat> Like Maybe you're worried about the about the, those applauses, right? Like I do my best work, <laughs> and then I'm like, "Oh man, it's all downhill from here." Like, it's you know, I'm gonna be a terrible person today, and I feel bad about it already. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're a hoot. <laughs> well, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave you with something I tell people often, honey. You're not that special, <laughs> like. The sins that you've committed have been committed already. And if not, they will be committed by somebody in the future. Right. So, no, you're not that special. You don't get the prize for the worst no. sinner. So sorry. You're right. Go try, go try to find something else. You're right. You're just not that special. I have a broken foot. Is that special? <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> no, because you know I guess I'm... it depends on how your foot got yeah, broken. Right. And I'm part of a Facebook group and we all hired surgeons to break our feet for the same reason. So I'm, I'm not special there either. So did they actually break your foot? Totally. To whatever it was. Totally. He, oh, cut, he cut the same bone in two places and screwed and stapled it back. For some reason, I thought your surgery was some like tissue or no. tendon thing or something. Oh, it was the bone. Oh. Yeah. Girlfriend. Yeah. Mm. <sighs> yes. Very exciting. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. Yeah, thank you. And uh, you're still unfolding journey with your daughter. Yeah. Um, yeah. See what inspirational for sure. Oh, thank you. Yes. So I will. I will repent. I'll get to you back this week, and we'll get together. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> thank yeah, you. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye. Wasn't that story amazing? Anyway, here is uh, the update from Sarah. Uh, Mira is um, getting hearing aids here soon. Um, They're going to go and see genetics again because um, the minor hearing loss uh, will actually, well, may be able to give them another clue as to where to look. They still do not have a diagnosis for her. Uh, Mira still snacks and... um, but we'll um, get the majority of her calories from uh, full tube feedings. So while she eats some, um, you know, snacks here and there, she doesn't eat um, enough to, on her own to sustain herself. Uh, they are looking into hyperbolar Ehlers-Danlos, 
and um, you'll just have to look that up but um, she will get a four-hour MRI to see if um, there is a vascular issue in her throat that would interfere with her swallowing um, there are two types of uh, Ehlers Danlos when I looked it up one is genetic or um, you know you, you acquire it from your parents um, but neither her uh, Sarah or her husband have it so they call it hypermobile but overall, she's doing well. Um, they've raised her calories recently and are working with a better nutritionist. And they are also expecting a baby boy in June. So that's uh, the update I have for you guys. And I will see you around. Mm -hmm.